Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to Permission to Think. I'm Edwin Rustrian, and I'm glad you're joining me today. Thank you to all of you who week after week tune in to Permission to Think. My desire is to always encourage you and remind you that there's always hope, regardless how bad things get. I hope this podcast has blessed you and added value to your life. For more information, please visit erustrian.com. And now, let's give ourselves permission to think. Our topic of the day is, it's a matter of time. I want to begin with a little story by Paulo Coelho. There was once a businessman who was sitting by the beach in a small Brazilian village. As he sat, he saw a Brazilian fisherman rowing a small boat towards the shore, having caught quite few big fish. The businessman was impressed and asked the fisherman, how long does it take you to catch so many fish? The fisherman replied, oh, just a short while. Then why don't you stay longer at sea and catch even more? The businessman was astonished. This is enough to feed my whole family, the fisherman said. The businessman then asked, so what do you do for the rest of the day? The fisherman replied, well, I usually wake up early in the morning, go out to sea and catch a few fish, then go back and play with my kids. In the afternoon, I take a nap with my wife and evening comes. I join my buddies in the village for a drink. We play guitar, sing, and dance throughout the night. The businessman offered a suggestion to the fisherman. I have a PhD in business management. I can help you to become a more successful person. From now on, you should spend more time at sea and try to catch as many fish as possible. When you have saved enough money, you could buy a bigger boat and catch even more fish. Soon, you will be able to afford to buy more boats, set up your own company, your own production plant for canned foods and distribution network. By then, you will have moved out of this village and to Sao Paulo, where you can set up headquarters to manage your other branches. The fisherman continues, and after that, the businessman laughs, after that, you can live like a king in your own house. And when the time is right, you can go public and float your shares in the stock market and you will be rich. The fisherman asks, and after that? The businessman says, after that, you can finally retire. You can move to a house by the fishing village, wake up early in the morning, catch a few fish, then return home to play with kids. Have a nice afternoon nap with your wife, and when evening comes, you can join your buddies for a drink, play the guitar, sing, and dance throughout the night. The fisherman was puzzled. Isn't that what I'm doing now? I love this story because it really shows the value of time. It shows what we value most in life is what we spend a great deal of time doing. Here's a few thoughts to consider. How often do we hear these statements throughout the day, throughout the week, or throughout our lives? People always saying, I wish I had more time. If I could turn back time, I would. If only I had one more minute of life. If only I was younger. If I could speak to that person again. Where and when do we hear these statements? We hear them sometimes from people who never have enough time to do anything. 
they're always running back and forth. They, they, they seem really, really busy. But the question is, are they ever accomplishing anything, anything of value and anything productive? And what we find a lot of times in life is people who are, spend a lot of time at work or activities, but they really don't feel fulfilled or accomplished or they don't really feel like they've done anything productive. They just feel tired and exhausted and where can I fit this next activity? And this is the problem that I feel that many times people allow the activities to determine their time. It's the same thought as when people allow circumstances to dictate and run their thoughts basically. And it should be the other way around. When we really focus, when we put priority on our time, we don't just give it away to anything or to anyone. It's the same thing with our thoughts. When our thoughts are clear and crisp and precise, then new circumstances are created or new situations or new opportunities are birthed. So it's it's very important to understand that when people are saying, I never have enough time, is I never, what you were really hearing is, I don't know how to prioritize my time. And there is enough time for everyone in the day. The problem is at times we also think that everything in life should have of equal value. And that is not true. There are, th there are things in my life that I had to learn the hard way and what I put priority in. And my family is definitely one of them. I will not do anything that number one is not going to add value to others. And that's the only way that I commit to things when I know that it's going to be something greater than myself and something that gives a purpose and meaning to bless others or to just add value to people. But also I have to think about that when I start doing too many activities outside of the home, I'm taking time away from my family, moments that I can be at home with my children and with my wife. So when we hear the statements again that there's never enough time, we hear them usually from people sometimes in their dying beds when they look over their life and they feel like, where did time go? I feel like it was just, I was just a young man or young woman and now I'm in a deathbed and I wish I had more time to tell my kids uh, I'm sorry or that I love them. When people notice the error of their choices and time, how they used it, they sometimes go back and say, I wish I had more time. When it's too late to do anything about it, they wish they can go back in time to correct certain mistakes. When remorse and regret is all that is left from a life badly squandered in trivial and mundane activities. This is when we go back and say, wow, I, I wish I would have done something with my life. I wish I would have done something with my time. I wish I would have spent more time with my children. I wish, I wish, I wish, and that's all it becomes, a wish. But because people never put down to pen and paper what, um, what, how to value time and how to live life, that time just seems to slip out of their fingers. So uh, there are also people who have been spared by time. And I think this is a very important point to make. This is, um, I think, people who did not board a plane and unbeknownst to them, the plane crashed, right? Um, this was also a situation where in 9-11, um, people um, did not show up to work that particular day. Um, they didn't know what was going to happen, and the unfortunate 9-11 tragedy happened, right? Um, people who um, have encountered close experiences with death and, and get to live um, another day. Uh, this is quite a story for me to tell as well. Uh, I remember one day I was taking my two daughters, this was a few years back, and I was dropping them off at 
the lady who would take my kids to, to school. And uh, I remember as soon as I've, my girls got out of the car, it was within one second. It was literally within one second of time as soon as I took my daughter out that a car came and rear-ended the car. I mean, so bad that it just, the car just went forward about 10 feet. And I think about that moment because if it would have been one more second, then my daughters would have been in that car. And those are the things that make you think about the things that are out of our control. And, and there are things that are out of our control. I always say that 90% of the things that happen in our life are within our reach, are within our, our, our grasp, uh, our, our ability to manage. And then there are other things that unfortunately are not. And, and that's for God to determine and to decide. But if it would have been one more second, my girls would have been in that car. And God only knows what would have been the outcome of that accident. Um, but the car was total completely. And so th there are times that when you have those moments that really make you think about your life and it makes you evaluate about what life is really about and what are you doing. And so let's ask a few questions regarding this thing of time. Number one, how do you measure the value of time? Number two, is time your greatest asset? Number three, who or what gets most of your precious time? Number four, what have you done with your time lately and why? Five, does time matter to you? Number six, when your time is up in this world, what will you be remembered for? Number seven, how much time do you think you have? Now, all these questions fall on the different spectrums. I get it but it's to really make us ponder about what we are doing with our time. And what we invest most of our time is, is what we prioritize in life. There is a saying that goes, when you are young, you sacrifice your health for wealth. And when you are old, you sacrifice your wealth for health. This is true, I think, for many of us. We love to work. I, for one, I, I do enjoy work. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy um, going to work or every day. Um, it comes has its challenges like every other job, but I do enjoy it. But I enjoy also being in the in the quality of time of, of, of my children. And I love being with my family and going out and, and doing some really great things at work and at home. And so is to find that balance, but I had to say no to a lot of things. I had to say no to a lot of extra projects sometimes that come up because for me, I know that every second that I'm away from my house is time that I feel that I want to have with my children. And so though my children are still relatively young, I want to be able for me to be known to my children more to the rest of the world or to everybody else. For me, it's important that they know that their father loves them and that my wife knows that she has the support that she needs in the household as well as she is also a professional and works as well. So we have said no to a lot of things 
and we try to really take care of ourselves health-wise, mental-wise, emotionally, spiritually, so that we can be good for our children, so we can be there for our kids. So when it comes to a matter of sacrificing so much to gain wealth or to gain some other things, we have learned that the true wealth comes from the joy and the comfort and, and, and the blessings that we have that we can put our head to pillow and with no um, stress or worries about the things that we think we need and the things that we do have, we give God much blessings and gratitude for that because those are the things that really, really matter in life. Laugh more, love more, give more, share more, um, do more acts of kindness to people. Those are the things that we need to see in this world. These are the things that really make an impact in children's lives, in your friends' and your family's life, is to be there for them when the time needs it. When, when they really need it most. And so imagine if yourself, you're, you're constantly being busy. Who can you be there for? Who's going to try to be there for you to even give yourself five minutes to just sit and have a conversation, a meaningful conversation where your thoughts are not clouded and your time feels like there's never enough. Uh, there's, a, there's a beautiful quote by Johann Wolfgang van Gogh uh, that says, things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. And this is so true. Again, it goes back to the point. What is it? What is it that you're doing with your time? What have you done with your time lately? And when we think about that quote, how often do we put off the things that matter most and leave them at the mercy of the things that matter least? There is um, the lyrics of a song. Uh, as the lyric says, 525,600 minutes that is the opening line to the song Seasons of Love from the Broadway production Rent. How do you measure, measure a year? And if you try to do the math in that song, right, it's uh, 1,440 minutes in a day, 10,080 minutes in a week, 43,200 minutes in a month, 525,600 minutes in a year. So I went back and I started doing some research and I started doing some studies on this on what people spend most of their time or their day doing and it's interesting because i think like if you give the average person eight hours of work a day and that's being generous right eight hours of work and then if people sleep an average of about six to seven hours a day um, that puts you if you have one hour of travel back and forth to work um, that gives you about a total of 15 hours per day and then, so the other aspect of the, of the research that I did was looking at what people do with their time as well. This is besides work and sleep and travel. And in social media, the average person spends about two hours in social media. They spend about five hours on their phone. And so where do you account these five hours for being on their phone? Uh, I think a lot of it stems from being also at work and during travel, a lot of people perhaps may be listening to things, uh, podcasts, or sometimes you, you see people, they're watching a movie or they're watching uh, social media as well. But five hours of your time, the average person spends on their phone. Um, television, the average person spends about three hours a day watching television, right? So when you look at these things and you look at these numbers, you say, wow, um, what we do what we do consistently and what we do throughout the day really shows where we are prioritizing our time. And so when people say, well, I don't have enough time, you know, write down everything that you have on a piece of paper, put it on paper, and you're going to see where your time goes. 
And if you're you're feeling like I need to do something, this is, I didn't even add time for people who actually do go to the gym or people who spend time, leisure time, going out to eat or doing uh, extracurricular activities. This is just on the most basic level of just everyday life, right? So what is it that we're doing with our time? Who is getting it most? And then at the end of what you do, here's the other caveat. At the end of the activity that you do, how do you feel? Do you feel fulfilled like you added or contributed something to the world? Or do you feel like you just keep taking and being that person just keeps taking and taking and being filled with stuff? And, and notice I say stuff, it, it, it might be nice to check on your social page and see what everybody else is doing and how wonderful their lives appear to be. Um, but how do you feel after all those activities? Do you feel accomplished? Do you feel like you contributed something to our society, to our world? Did you improve someone's quality of life? And so for me, that's always my lens. That's always the way that I feel uh, I'm adding or helping to contributing to this world as well. The philosopher Seneca wrote the following. The shortness of life, I know, is the common complaint both of fools and philosophers as if time we have were not sufficient for our duties. But we squander it away in avarice, drink, sleep, luxury, ambition, fawning, envy, rambling, voyages, change of counsel, and the like. And when a portion is spent, find the want of it, though we gave no heed to it in the passage. And how true is this? And that we complain that we don't have enough time, but the question goes back to, what are you doing with your time? How are you prioritizing your time, your day? And so we go back and say, well, you know, uh, I, was, I was busy. I was doing a lot of things. I was running around here. I had a lot of errands to run in. And, you know, errands, you have to take care of errands. But when you spend that much time running errands and being busy, how productive is your life? These questions are not to make you feel guilty, by the way. These questions are just to make you ponder. Because a life well lived is a life that we spend doing the things that matter most. Okay? So for me, it's always about my time with my family. And so I wrote these four things uh, for most important family goals right now that I have for myself, right? And so uh, to develop a sense of urgency for time for the things that matter most to me. And so there is a, a, a verse in the Bible, Ecclesiastes 3.11, that reads, He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. When I look at the relationship, my relationship with God, uh, I have to understand that if I don't spend time doing the things that matter spiritually, I would never understand and life would never have its full meaning. And for me, I have made that a priority in my life. And since then, I have discovered a great deal of peace and enjoy uh, and an understanding that there are things that are completely out of my control. There are things that I can never, never understand. There are mysteries in life that I won't even try to attempt to explain. But one of the things that is most fascinating is the aspect of time, that we are limited by time. And everyone in the day has 24 hours to, li to, to spend and what you do with that time is that we become stewards of it.
And for many people, they don't become stewards. They just try to manage time. And it's a big difference because when you're a steward, you are carefully crafting each moment of the day. Yes, it takes work. Yes, it takes effort. But you are going to feel more accomplished when you realize that you are a steward of your time and not a manager of your time. Because if you think that everything has of equal time, uh, of equal value, of your time, you're just going to give it away. But when you are steward of the time that God has given us, then you begin to think differently about the things that you go through while your day. Okay? So I'm going to share just four things with you regarding this aspect of four important things of how to value time. Okay? Four most important family goals right now. Number one is your wife or your spouse. Um, time with your spouse allows you, uh, gives you the opportunity to to work on your marriage and your relationship, to have dialogue, to have communication. And one of the things that, that I love about communicating that I learned was that communication a lot is about listening. It's about listening to what the other person is saying and then tra- trying to really uh, understand how that impacts you in relationship in relation to that person. Uh, I, I told you a story before I shared before in other episodes on how one day my wife came home and she was sharing her heart out about her day. And, and for me, um, as a leader, I'm always trying to find solutions to problems. As she was telling me, I was going to give her advice as to what what she should do. And, and she just told me, I, I don't need you to try to solve the problem. I just want you to listen. And for me, that was a great lesson because I... I, I I realized that in communication is sometimes we miss the part. The greatest aspect of a good communicator is being able to articulate back what the person is really saying. And that takes really intent to listen carefully to the person who is sharing anything with you. So your spouse uh, is something that you should really invest your quality of time with, you know, um, whether it's going out, whether it's listening, whether it's having a conversation, a meal, uh, sometimes it was just having quality time together, going for a walk, going for a drive. Um, being alone does something to your relationship away from the kids and you're just investing your time with your wife or with your spouse. Um, for me, um, with my wife in, in Proverbs 31, 11, 12, it says the heart of her husband trusts in her. And, and that is true. I, 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 I can trust my wife that I know that she cares for me and loves me and wants the best for me. And in everything that I do, she's always encouraging me. And sometimes she calls me out on things when she sees that I'm not, may not going or doing the right thing. She reminds me of the things that I should do. So I know that she always has the best interests, uh, my best interest at hand, right? The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. Uh, she's always looking for ways to take care of me and love me and show me how much she, 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 she loves to be with me. Uh, and verse 12 says she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Isn't that beautiful when you feel that that can be reciprocated in a relationship, when you feel like you can trust your spouse, but it comes to the matter of the investment that you make with your time with your spouse. If you don't make that time, you're not, you can't draw from something that you don't have. And that is something that I think all of our relationships where we are, we should make time for each other and reciprocate the love and respect that the other person gives us. Number two is your children. Uh, Psalms 127.3 says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children are a blessing. They're not a burden. 
And for many people um, who perhaps may, may need to hear this, and this is something that I had to struggle with too, we don't own our children. And, and for people, this might be a little difficult to hear, but you don't own your children. Your children are a blessing, are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. We are stewards of their lives. We are responsible for the well-being, for taking care of them, for being there for them when they when they fall. Again, allowing them to fall, allowing them to fail, but being able to be uh, at their side when things get really bad, being able to be their counsel and show them that they matter. But they matter in a way that you always draw them closer to, to God. And so for me, those are very, very key things, right? That I am a steward of their time. I am a steward of their education. I am a steward of their spiritual um, blessings over their lives. But they're a blessing to me. They're a blessing to my wife when I, when I think about uh, the joy that um, our children bring to us. And, and when they get older, the, the time that you spend with them, that's your, invest, your return of investment when they get older. Um, so your children... It's a proper place where you can value and you can spend a great deal of your time. And number three, your prayer life. Um, Jeremiah 29, 12 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Developing a prayer life in your life is so key to living a well-timed life. This is where you get to really know um, God in a deeper way and experience and prioritize your prayer life. And so... Looking at these three things so far, time with your, with your spouse, time with your children, time in prayer life, uh, these things really, really allow you to focus and zoom in on the things that matter most, okay? And, and it allows us to really think about where is our time going? Is it well spent? And when I think about my personal life, these are the things that I've committed myself to, I've committed myself to my home, to my children, to my family, and to a prayer life, and to good, healthy relationships. Having good, quality friends that can be there for you. You don't need a thousand friends. You need probably two or three solid people in your life that you know they're going to be there for you. They don't go around judging you. They know your frailties, your shortcomings, but that you also make them a priority and, and they make you a priority because you in, in those relationships is where you grow and you're challenged, but it's one of those relationships that allows you to develop as an individual, as a human, as a friend. And so the last thing I would share would be the prioritize of time. Um, and I'll repeat again that aspect of Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says, he has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Um, when we look at the story of the creation, we look at the way God crafted each and every moment of its creation. From creating the universe and creating the earth and creating humans and creating animals and everything that was there, um, he spoke into it. Right, and so um, he values the time. He values the time that with you. He values the time with our, our children. And so th this teaching of time is to really think about where is your time going today, and what is it that you want to do. Write it down on paper. Write it down where you can see it. Post it somewhere in your in your house where you're going to be able to look back and say, "These are my priority." 
my priority is my family, my children, my close friends. Maybe you're prioritizing um, volunteering your time at your local church or community or doing something that is going to really impact and make a difference in our communities and our society. And so I'm going to leave you with one last thought. And this is something, again, it's another question to ask, right? When you wake up in the morning and you are walking out of your house to go to work, do you ever kiss your children and spouse in such a way that they will never doubt how much you love them? Do you speak to them as if it's the last time you will ever see them? Can they say with such certainty, my daddy, my mommy love me, my parents love me? I will never doubt their love for me. Before I leave, before we leave the house each and every day, we sit, we pray, and I bless my children. I bless, I speak blessings over their lives, and I remind them each and every day of my love and affection towards them and towards my wife. And what that has allowed me to do, what that has allowed us to do, is to experience and have a relationship that creates an environment where they feel safe. When they come home, they love to be home. My two girls love to be home, their home bodies and, and sometimes. But I know that this is where my wife and I have put a great deal of our time and we've seen the, the, the great benefits and reaping blessings to know that being there for our kids is something that we spoke from the very beginning, that we were not going to, um, to compromise and that we were going to be there for them. And that's what it means. It means that sometimes you sit down and you listen to them. It means that sometimes you sit down and play with them. It means that sometimes you watch a movie on movie night and sometimes you play games or sometimes you sing or sometimes you cry or sometimes you laugh. But when you make your family a priority, you will see the greatest return of investment in your life in the years to come. So if those are the things that do not happen, um, it's never too late to start. Your children, your family, your spouse needs to hear how much you love them, how much they mean to you. And though there are times in our marriages that we go through tough seasons, valleys at times it seems, that it's always a blessing to hear your spouse say, I'm still thinking of you. I still love you. I still want to be with you. And I still want to share the rest of my life with you. When we look at those vows that we make when we're married, when we get married for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, for richer or for poorer, till death do us part. I don't think we really value or put a lot of emphasis on those things, for richer or for poor. Many people just are in a relationship because of the convenience of the financial convenience. But when times get hard, people jump ship. Marriage is a special thing. Family is a blessing and something that you constantly have to work at. It's not easy but it does have an incredible amount of blessing. And it enriches your life in such a way that you feel that someone chose to spend their life and share it with you. I hope that as you listen throughout this podcast, it made you consider some things about your life, about your time, about your family, about your loved ones, if you're a father, if you're a mother, that those moments are never gonna come back again. The moments with your children, 
we never repeat twice again. You know, you don't get a second chance if you missed it with your children growing up. There is a saying that goes, a river never passes the same place twice. Nor does your time with your spouse and your children. Don't squander it. Don't throw it away on trivial things. If our families were intact, and I really believe this, that is, if our men, our husbands were to be truly present at home, and we wouldn't have such a high number of single mothers in our, in our society, or single dads, I think our, our dependency on social programs will go down significantly. There was a line that I read one time, and I, and I think these words were so true. The most dangerous words you will ever hear are, hi, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Those are the most dangerous words you can possibly hear. As men, we need to take responsibility for our homes and our families. It's no one else's responsibility to do that. And this is why I've committed myself to be there. It's not about me, it's not about the pursuit of my own happiness when my wife and I made the decision to have our children. We knew that our lives were going to be different and it was gonna be a priority for us to establish a home, to protect them, to provide for them, to be there for them, but to also establish a spiritual compass that sometimes, or it has been completely removed from our marketplace. So, again, a river never passes the same place twice, nor does your time with your spouse and children. Our quote of the day comes from Brian Tracy. It is the quality of time at work that counts and the quantity of time at home that matters. Remember, never compromise integrity for comfort. Stay strong. Bye-bye.